Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. I am Bo Wolf, joined by Zach Berman as we move to day two of Flu World Order, wherein we rank the likelihood that the Eagles' pending free agents and trade candidates will return to Philadelphia. 15 players on offense yesterday, 14 on defense and special teams today. I think today's list is a little bit more complicated than yesterday. Zach, how are you? Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Doing great. Thrilled to be here. Uh, looking forward to the show. I thought yesterday's show went well. I listened back last night, and was, there was good conversation. Went by quickly. Excited for today, too. Okay. And uh, this, is, uh, this is a bit of a farewell for you. We're, we're going to be missing you until uh, next Tuesday. we got to see you next Tuesday going on here. Yes, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm taking some time with uh, family, a little post-football season trip, mm. and uh, we'll be watching the show or i should say listen i won't i'll be listening to the shows on my daily walks so please don't i mean take your time will. away be no. with your family the job will be here when you get back i have no doubt about that but it's 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 more this is a great show it's entertaining i want to listen to it okay. i need something to listen to when i walk okay are you nervous? This is like, do you feel nervous about being away from the job? Are you going to well, start getting it, the it's shakes? Always, it's, it, it's, it's always um, a little difficult being away from the job. Uh, Emily, Emily has famously said that you, you, are, like, you, you do not enjoy vacation. Well, no, typically, and I, I will still do some writing when I'm there, okay, because I feel like writing is a muscle you have to hone every day. Um, but I disagree, but go ahead. <laughs> But yeah, typically in my, in my previous, you know, 14, 15 years, I was able to go away and, and still kind of work when I was away. And it's a little harder to do that when you're in studio mm. for a show. So yeah, I'm, now we're in capable hands. We have a, a great staff here. But there's always that that Wally Pip fear, right? There's always mm. the, the, the how, how, how like Merrill Reese became the longtime broadcaster for the Eagles was someone took a weekend off. He, he covered a game and... He hasn't missed a game since. Well, the rest is history. We'll have Handsome Rich trying to uh, Lou Gehrig you uh, starting tomorrow. So we look forward to that. Any big Valentine's Day plans? Any day that I get to spend with Emily and my kids is a good day, especially Valentine's Day. So we, we uh, exchanged gifts this morning. I took the kids out on Saturday to get uh, presents for Emily. And uh, no, we're just going to lay low. I'm going to put together... Uh, something on what we're talking about here for the website and 
Uh, yeah, that's that's, okay. that's that's about now, it. Really. I walked in. You know, I'm in I'm in pink for the uh, the audio listeners. Uh, Bill Matz was in the in the uh, green room, as it were. He's in pink as well. And you, I think, which tracks with your uh, outdated sense of masculinity uh, about never wanting to sit to pee, all of this stuff. Uh, you're like, oh, I would I would never wear a, a pink shirt. Oh my gosh. All right. First off, that's a gross mischaracterization. I also don't think not sitting down to pee is about masculinity as much as like just practicality, efficiency. But uh, in any event, there are many things uh, yeah. that you that you have said in the in the past that track with this nah, sensibility. I, yes. I, I have no object. I, I think you look good in pink. Joy is wearing pink. Bill's wearing pink. By the way, I associate Valentine's Day more with red than with pink. Mm. But I will say that, yeah, I, I don't typically wear pink shirts i i don't cast judgment on anyone mm. wearing it nor should you cast judgment on anyone not wearing it that's the great thing it's I'm like i'm trying to think of some of the other examples i believe the aversion to um the bidet it would be along these lines as well that's masculinity i, I mean i just <laughs> that's not it's 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 not a matter i think of, it is no but uh no you look you look good in pink you know what uh have you heard of the person who he said, uh, you look like a, a flamingo today. And you know what he said? Fluck you? I don't know. No, I'm going to have to put my foot down on that one. <laughs> Thank you. Joy sold it. <laughs> what, do you get it? Yeah, I get it. It just doesn't make you laugh. Okay. It doesn't make me laugh. That's All right. right. That's okay. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Uh, are we ready to move on to the defense and special teams? Let's so, do it. I got my notes in front of me. All right. You got, my got spreadsheet. your notes in front of you. We go alphabetically. And for those of you who have never uh, heard the game before and are joining us for the first time, sorry for that. But we have 29 players, including the offense and defense and special teams. We did 15 of them yesterday. We are ranking them from 1 to 29 in order of the likelihood that we think they will be back on the 2024 Eagles. For free agents and restricted free agents, they will count if they are on the roster, the 90-man roster, at any point in the 2024 season. For the trade candidates, they will only count if they are on the week one roster. And the goal, of course, is to have the lowest score possible. We move to the defense. The first player is an interesting one, Zach, and that is James Bradbury. This is a trade or cut candidate, so this is a week one qualifier. James Bradbury, obviously, signed with the Eagles last offseason, re-signed after a big 2022 season, and was disappointing in 2023, no doubt about that. He will be 31 in August, and this is a little bit complicated mm. because it's going to cost some dead money to move on from James Bradbury. There are sort of four guys on the roster 
who have like if they're going to cut them, they need to use that June one yep. designation. You've got J- Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and James Bradbury. So if Cox and Graham come back, you do a, a restructure with them. You can do the designation on Bradbury. If not, most likely, if you are going to cut him, you're just going to wait until after June 1st, which is certainly a possibility. That's how he sort of landed in the Eagles' uh, hands to begin with. But uh, we're talking like prohibitive to cut him before then. They would It would be about $4.3 million in dead cap, if I read OTC correctly. Um, Certainly, they need to replace him long term. But is there any path you think to James Bradbury returning in Midnight Green? Oh, certainly, there's a path, and the path being that even even though he did not play well this year, and even though he's he's paid more than you would like, and that's a contract the Eagles probably regret, you can still say this is a serviceable starting cornerback, a veteran who, you know, it's it's like when the San Francisco Giants were were winning World Series every other year basically if you look at james bradbury's uh, career trajectory it's like on year off year on year off year so maybe you're saying all right this was the off year next year will be the on year but from a cap perspective you gotta not want him on your team at all in order to move on from him because it is cost prohibitive you do have the post june 1st option like you said whether you designate it or whether you wait but if if you say two years ago James Bradbury was one of the top corners in the NFL and that over the past six, seven years, he's been one of the better corners in the NFL and that bring him to camp, see what you have. Maybe that you know, maybe there were things he were he was dealing with last year. That's the route I would take personally. You would uh, bring him back. I would bring him back. Uh I, I would not let the way last year went kind of cloud because there's there's no cap benefit to doing so. so there is. He, it's a, there is a little bit of savings. Post-June 1st, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, not before June 1st. So well, you, yeah, not yeah, before June 1st. So of you go post-June 1st, yeah. So, uh, yeah, perhaps you, you wait until af- after June 1st. But I, I at that point, I would first see what kind of player is it like? Like, how does he look this summer or this spring, this summer? That's, that's the path I would I you could be fooled by that, don't you? You could get fooled by it. You could also say... This is someone who had a down year last year. Who's better this year? They're, He's going to be 31. There have been corners who've rebounded going into age 31 season. Who? Darius Slay. I mean. What was your thought on Darius Slay after the 2020 season? Yeah, I thought, I thought he had a bad season, and he bounced back and played fine. He's a different type of player. He didn't look physically cooked like mm-hmm. James Bradbury does. I think the only like potential way to try to sell yourself on bringing James Bradbury back is if you think he can play safety. Okay. And I think that would also be a big gamble to take um, when there are going to be other free agent safeties available. Um, he's a very smart player. We talk about it all the time. Uh, he's a, I, I think he's like a, a great guy to talk to in the locker room. He's one of my favorite guys to talk to. But I think it would be hard-pressed to like watch the film from this year and think we want to we want to bring that guy back. Well, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I just think when you look at... The corner you're kind of put in cap wise, I guess wait till F after June first. But even then, there's there's just a, a significant cash ramification too. And not to say, look, Jeffrey Lurie's cash is, is is like none of our business, right? From a well, it's media, not, not our business. I mean, no, I'm saying from a media and fan perspective, the cap matters more than the cash. Yes, of course, right? 
So there is that that $4 million in, in, in cap savings that would come on post June 1st, but you're still, you're still dealing with uh, the hindrance of his cap hold during this busy transaction season in March and April and May. So at that point, I would see what you have in him. But if you are going to move on from him, uh, try to do it post-June 1st. I also don't think that you're going to be able to trade him after the way he played last season. I agree with that. Um, I think if you get something done with Cox and Graham both returning, then you can do that, just designate post-June 1st early on, and then you don't have to worry about that. Well, Kelsey, then, yeah, Kelsey's— Because you can designate two. And, well, I think Kelsey's deal is, is structured for him to be— cut after June 1st, not designated post-June 1st, right? Okay. Yeah, so that if he is retiring, then right. the retirement to go into effect post-June 1st. Okay, all right. Well, let's get to the reveal for James Bradbury, where we have him ranked on our numbers. Wow. A huge difference. Potentially the swing of flu world order. Mm -hmm. Zach Berman has him at a 4. I have him at a 13. And remember, we were talking week 1 for James Bradbury, not in training camp, I feel uh, I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah, mine's probably too high. It's just a matter of when I do these lists, I I I realize that moving on from expensive players is easy, is easier to talk about in a studio than it is to do in the Nova Care Complex. Okay. Uh, next up, we have the tall man himself, Sean Bradley, the former seventh round pick, linebacker who tore his Achilles in August, former special teams standout. Um, I don't think it's crazy to think that the Eagles would be willing to bring him back yeah. at the minimum as a, as a camp competitor. You know, Nick Sirianni has always liked Sean Bradley, um, you know, famously stumped for him to make the Pro Bowl as a special teams player. He's got the, you know, uh, pre-practice yell that he likes to do. But local guy also not necessarily a, a reasonable spot for him on the roster, I would guess. Yeah, if, if you're signing him, it's because you know the guy – He's inexpensive, and if he recovers from this Achilles, then you then he can be a contributor on on special teams. Uh, frankly, I think a better path for the Eagles, uh, for those special teams linebackers, is to find what you did with Sean Bradley, draft a guy in the sixth round, uh, try to develop him as a linebacker, and have him contribute on special teams while you do so. So my inclination here is to find your next Sean Bradley as opposed to bring back Sean Bradley for year five. I would, uh, I would agree with that in general. Let's find out where we both have Sean Bradley in the Julia made graphics. Oh, wow. Wow. We see clearly on this one, Zach, 2020 for both of us. Well in, done. Uh, in concert again. Yeah, that 2020 line, that was good. No, thanks. Uh, and it was on the spot, too, because you didn't know our, our I rankings. I had no idea. Yeah, mm -hmm. Sean Bradley, Boston Scott, and there was one other one yesterday. Who Roderick were, Johnson. Roder Roddy J, 23. So the three uh, players that we really totally agree on. And that's exciting. All right. Uh, moving on to another aging player in the secondary, and that is Kevin Byard, for whom the Eagles traded middle of the season when they needed a safety. Probably fair to say that it didn't work out so great. They didn't give up a ton, but uh, Byer did not exactly light the world on fire. He will be 31 in August, and this is as sort of cut and dried, it looks like, for a cut possibility. Um, it'll be $1.4 million in dead money if they cut him, but it will save about $13 million, according to Over the Cap, 
that's an that's an easy answer. It doesn't mean that they can't cut him and then necessarily potentially bring yep, him back. Exactly. But there's no way he's coming back on on that deal. Yeah, Bayer did not uh, play as as well as they needed him to play last year. I also think the Eagles put him in a bad spot. Uh, they acquire him at the end of the Desai run. Then they bring Patricia in. He never kind of had had stability there. Not that's that's not an excuse. Uh, but this is not one I think that Howie Roseman's going to kind of put on his resume, this trade here. Now, if Vic Fangio wants a veteran safety and you say, all right, you have him for a full offseason here, he's a smart guy, he's experienced, let's let's have him spend the entire offseason in, the, in this scheme. He is someone who's, who's going to be cut, right? Um, but you also look at it, where's that, that, that money coming from on the open market? The rest of the NFL saw the same film that the Eagles saw. So if Kevin Byard wants to play in his hometown next year, uh, there aren't that many teams that have a path to the starting spot as open at safety as the Eagles do. And there's some familiarity there. So that's, that's the path for him being on the roster, but certainly not at what the contract is now. And with that $4 million roster bonus at the start of, of, of the league year, this is one that would be determined well before then. Yeah, I agree with that. And remember, this is also, a, he has to be in the week one roster. Right. And I think like if Kevin Byers is going to be back, you might be looking at like a mid-season yep. emergency replacement, which would not count for the purposes of this game. Uh, Kevin Byard, the Philly guy from right over... Let's see here, West Philly. So these curtains are closed. Center City's this way, here. <laughs> the curtains should have nothing to do with your ability to know where you are in relation yeah. to the rest so of the city. When I'm s sitting at that desk over there, you know, I look out the window. I see Center City in this direction. Correct. Okay. Uh, and but you also know if the curtains are closed because you've seen it that yeah. Center City yeah, is still in that direction. Center City's that yes. way. And so then West Philly, from where so we're. In North Philly here, so West Philly. Then, what? Go ahead. <laughs> I can't. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. West going. Philly. West Philly is that way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> when I say so, that should not be so complicated. Yes, <laughs> but what throws me off in the studio? What throws me off in the studio is the orientation of the room, right? Because I keep thinking about it as if I am sitting at my desk here but the actual studio was facing in a different direction. So that's what, in my mind's eye, when we're on the set, I'm thinking of when I'm sitting there and I see the skyline. Yeah, but you know that that's the same wall. But in real time, I'm focused on the show and not on the geography. Julia, am I, am, I, am I off base here to be confused? <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, if the curtain was open, I could tell you right now because I could see it. Yeah, but you know, we're, but, we're um, here every day. Yeah, Don't you have like an internal compass? When you're speaking, I'm focused on you and your words. I'm not focused on the but you orientation. Should, you of shouldn't the have to be focused just to know which way is west and north and south and I east. I know. What, yes, I I know it in this studio. Yes, in <laughs> Studio A, uh, that turn when we turn the corner that throws me off. Weird stuff. <laughs> Thanks, right. <laughs> uh, really let's get to Kevin Byard, where we have uh, Kevin Byard on our numbers. 19 for me, 17 for Zach. So same area, uh, but uh, a rooting for you. 
to get yeah. uh, Kevin Byard back in Philadelphia. All right, we move now to our colleague, uh, our trusted, beloved Debo Samuel Hader, and that is Fletcher Cox, who is 33 as of December. I would say arguably the best player on the defense in 2023. He had uh, five sacks, although I think that undersells his contributions. The Eagles could save a little bit of money potentially with a restructure or an extension. He made $10 million last year. I don't think he would be uh, taking too much less than that, given the level that he played. Defensive tackles are expensive. What do you, how do you, what do you make of the Fletcher Cox situation moving forward? Is there a chance that he's done playing? Yeah, I'm, I think Fletcher Cox uh, will be leaning toward retirement. That's that's what I'm expecting. I interesting. I am not going to say that he won't play elsewhere because he has come close to playing elsewhere at different points. Well, I shouldn't say different points in his career. Really, two different points in his in his career jump out. I also think he's someone who appreciates being in Philadelphia, appreciates being an Eagle, and that's why he's returned. He said. The grass isn't always greener, right? He's spoken to players who've been here and left and have said that was a mistake, right? They've, they've chased something, and they realized where they were was, was where they were happy. Uh, so, so when I look at, at Fletcher, I think if he wants to keep playing, the Eagles can find a way to make it work here. But I, th- I think there's a chance Fletcher Cox – I think there's a good chance Fletcher Cox, uh, his – Eagles Hall of Fame career and potentially pro football Hall of Fame, but certainly Eagles Hall of Fame career is finished. Um, and I noted on Locker Clean Out Day that his locker was completely cleaned out. Mm. And that might be reading too much into it, but it's not that's 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 not always the case. Like Brandon Graham's locker was not completely cleaned out. Um, and there I've I, Fletcher's locker has been there for basically his entire Eagles career. And uh, so for it to be completely empty stood out to me okay i don't know i i just think he's still playing at such a high level yeah and well you shouldn't make a retirement decision in a month that ends in jay so that's why starts in jay starts in jay there are no months that end in jay february (laughs) (laughs) sorry we're a month that starts in jay okay well let's get to this and then we can talk about it because Mm -hmm. it sounds to me like i may be uh, lower on him than you i've got fletcher cox at eight you've got Mm -hmm. him at 11 so generally the same area i just think I think the Eagles could use Fletcher Cox. I think so, too. I think Fletcher Cox, you know, can still play at a high level and uh, might not want to turn, turn around $10 million. Um, I, think, I think there's a good chance that, that he does come back, if he, certainly if he ends up deciding not yeah. to retire. Well, that's why he's, he's 11 here. If he, if he decides not to retire, I expect him back in an, in an Eagles uniform. The reason why he's, he's not three or four on my list here is because I think there's a chance he could be leaning toward retirement. Okay. Uh, and, that, and, and by the way, that's not me reporting. Like, uh, I should make that clear because we have Fletcher on the, on the show and I've covered Fletcher's entire career. I, I don't want that to be interpreted as me um, You haven't reporting. heard that from the, uh, the chatter down at p Yeah, yeah. Fletcher hasn't told me that. No one in Fletcher's camp has told me that. That's, that's really, for the sake of conversation here, me speculating the same way I'm discussing Zach Cunningham and Kevin Byard and Sean Bradley and James Bradbury. Okay, well, uh, well covered. Let's talk now about Zach Cunningham, who you just, just mentioned. Uh, turned out to probably be the Eagles' best linebacker in 2023, but still missed some time. Signed a one-year, $1.8 million deal in August and um, was fine, serviceable, but not always healthy. What do you make of the chances that Zach Cunningham, who is an unrestricted free agent, 
will be back in Philadelphia. Yeah, he rebuilt his his stock this year. I, I thought when he was on the field, he played he played decently to well, and I think that he was a guy who signed with someone in August last year, signed with the Eagles in August, and I think he could sign earlier this year based on the way he played, based on his age, based on the skill set. Uh, I just don't think that's going to happen with the Eagles. I, I think this matter. The question here is what's the Eagles' plan for the position, right? Do they, they clearly need an upgrade at linebacker. I think if you say, let's bring back Zach Cunningham and N'Kobe Dean, uh, then you're really counting on N'Kobe Dean to be what you think he is. My guess is the Eagles make more of a splash at that position, whether it's in free agency or the draft, and, and it might be both because you can't necessarily bank on the draft for it. Uh, but I think Zach Cunningham was that was that low price camp flyer last year, him and Miles Jack on the same day. And I think he's played his way into signing somewhere earlier this year. Yeah, I think um, it's a little bit like relief pitching hmm. in baseball, right? You don't don't sign the guy who had the bump year yeah. after he had his bump year. Like try to find the next try to find like four guys who might be the next Zach Cunningham and hope that, that one of those guys hits. I don't think you like double down on Zach Cunningham. I like that strategy in relief pitching and linebackers. All right. Well, let's find out where we have Zach Cunningham on our respective lists. 16 oh. for you, 12 for me. A little higher for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if, if he doesn't have the market that you expect yeah. him to have, then I don't think it's a crazy thing that, that he could be back. But certainly uh, I agree that if they enter the season with Zach Cunningham and N'Kobe Dean, penciled in as their starters that would be a, a pretty significant disappointment locker rooms are always better with a z-a-c-h zach in it okay yeah. i'm trying to think of a like a notorious zach well there's there's been productive zach zach Ertz was a z-a-c-h okay. but you're saying they're always better so if there was like a zach serial killer who is not coming to mind <laughs> then that would yeah, I, maybe disagree with that. I, I, I hope there's not a serial killer who discredits the name. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of uh, serial killers, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think I don't think we should connect that to our valued sponsors at Game Time. No, Instead, but, but uh, like a, a bagel would be a serial killer because you're going with the bagel instead of cereal for breakfast. That's oh, good. Nothing. Yeah, that's a good. That's maybe your best line ever. Unfortunately, yeah. we're not talking about we're not bagels, talking about bagels yes. today. Instead, we're talking about Game Time uh, because Game Time is where you can buy tickets to your favorite events and not be stressed out. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, serial killing, and theater near you with killer deals. That's where it could have come. Ah, yes, okay. With killer deals. Killer deals. On last-minute tickets. <laughs> and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Because they're killing all the other apps. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect. When you arrive, buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem. Code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Garen Dang Teed. I thought you were I thought you would say like it's a very literal definition of last minute tickets. That's good. <laughs> 
I sell every one of your jokes. <laughs> well, it's because my jokes are better. Uh, so look, once you uh, you you if you want money to spend on those tickets and you're looking to save some money. I'll tell you exactly where to turn, and that's Rocket Money. Rocket Money has saved Bo money, it saved me money, it saves our listeners money, and it can save you money as well. Have you found any subscriptions that you forgot about and you paid twice and you didn't realize it or that there's a subscription that you want to cancel and it was tricky and time-consuming? I said this the other day. My pet peeve is when you can't do it online and you have to call and then you're on hold or the customer service is only during business hours and you're working during business hours. Well, Rocket Money alerts you to an increase in subscription price and it negotiates it for you. A Rocket Money is it's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and it helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Think about that. Over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. You have to save a lot of money for that to add up to $500 million. Stop wasting your money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. That's rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. Rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. All right. We move on in flu world order on the defensive side of the ball to, is it Justin Evans or Evan Justin's? It's Justin Evans. One of the weirder, uh, just like bit players in the Eagles season, sort of surprisingly won the starting job at safety out of training camp as what seemed like the also-ran entering camp, started four games, then went on injured reserve, and then was designated to return, had three weeks to practice and get back onto the roster, and then just sort of never heard from again. What, what, what sort of happened there, Zach? Yeah, I, th- I think this was sometimes with injuries, uh, a player who has dealed with many yeah, injuries over uh, the course of his career. Exactly. So so physically you might be on the timeline that someone on, you know, I don't want to say someone on, on the outside that like the, the medical staff or the training staff might think, but given your injury history, whether it's your body, whether it's your mind, it just it, it reacts differently, right? And that's that's certainly not abnormal and Justin Evans has dealt with a lot of serious injuries in his career. So I think that was more the issue than anything else. There was an injury there that was just too much for him to overcome, and I think that's the biggest hindrance for him returning is that the Eagles liked him. I know teammates thought that he was a productive player, but the injury was a block that they couldn't get past, and it continues to be there. The injury history is too much to ignore, and as I have in my notes here, I hate putting it like this, but too injury-prone to trust right now. And so you think there was a disagreement between Justin Evans himself and the organization as to his readiness to play? I wouldn't frame it as a disagreement. I just think it was more um, the—I think there was a timeline that the organization thought. Clearly, they designated him right. as, as ready to return. And there's no, there's no rush to designate. Exactly, right? yeah. And then you have 21 days, and I think when he was out there, it's just a matter of, like I said, you need to trust your body, and your mind needs to be such that— like, all right, I, I, I feel good here. And I've, I've seen this in the past where this is why when you say uh, th- uh, this injury takes four to six weeks, right, because it's standard for that injury, everybody heals differently, and then the mind's a part of this as well. And every person, like, it's not just uh, an ACL and a cadaver, right? It's, it's, it's a human being. And so 
when you're dealing with whatever the injury is, uh, that person's history cannot be ignored. And I think that was the case here, that uh, the injury history was a factor beyond what the normal timeline for the injury was. All right. Well, let's find out where we both have Justin Evans on our lists. Those uh, handsome mm-hmm. cartoons. 27 for you. Very low. And 22 for me. Uh, I only have him there because uh, if he doesn't get signed anywhere in the summer, then maybe he's a you know week three injury replacement type of player. But uh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mine's probably a little low. It should be a little higher. And I just said cadaver. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Cadaver? Yeah. Okay. What I I see Shay says I said cadaver. I, I don't think I put an N in it, but if I did. I thought you said cadaver. Okay. Yeah. Cadaver. Thank you. You're, well, you're welcome. Um, maybe a lesson that you don't need to worry about every single comment as the show is going. Well, but there are customers. Look, if, if you're tuning in live to watch us, then I appreciate that, and I'm going to give you the same respect that you give us. The same respect, meaning like mistakenly saying that you said a word wrong. <laughs> the same respect, meaning like I'm going to value your opinion just as you value mine. I, don't, I mean, I don't think we can know for sure that they value our opinions. Well, I think if you're tuning in at twelve thirty-four on Valentine's Day, then it, it, it means you want to watch us, right? Well, yeah, but that's different than valuing the opinion. Well, how many people? How many times do you watch someone and you don't value their opinion? I don't know. I'm like, just saying. I'm, all I'm saying is you can't necessarily say that for a fact, for certain. <laughs> you can't say it for certain. But here, here, let's just take a minute. What's your media consumption like? Um, what are the last five um, commentators or analysts or podcasters? You know, I listened to a, a really good interview uh, on Pablo Torre Finds Out with Sue Bird and Megan Rapino. Okay. Uh, yesterday and this morning. And I thought that was a great episode. And do you value Pablo Torre's opinion? I mean, I, don't, I didn't listen to that episode because of Pablo Torre's opinion. Okay. Uh, I, I was mean, interested in the dynamics between Super yeah, and Megan Rapino. I would say, and I don't think it's like I, I understand the the banter is good for the show, but I, I would say logically speaking, uh, if you are tuning in live to a show, or even if you listen back to a show, unless it's well, like there's I, also a difference between valuing and being interested in the opinion and being curious yeah, to find out what the opinion sure. is. Yeah. Okay. I, I I I I can see that, but this is a very semantic argument that we're having but i, I yeah. kind of like that yeah my my point is is if you're watching us live right now you probably are interested in what we have to say probably but not definitely <laughs> correct not definitely but presumably okay yes well shay thank you for uh, setting us up for this conversation yes. we appreciate that um and shay says it's 10:34 in denver and he values both of our opinions uh, so there you. you go he's got your back shout out to denver one of my favorite cities great food city <laughs> that's a good line because I know what you're doing. That's good. How many favorite cities would you say you have? Uh, well, it depends. You know, I, I have this debate actually with my wife when she says like so-and-so is my best friend. And I say by definition, you can only have one best friend mm. because best is so better on the than other all side the of the argument. This time. Yeah, best is better than all the rest. And she says, so I can't say I have I can say one of my favorite cities like there's a collection. If I wrote down here, I'll put it this way. There are. 30 cities on the NFL tour, okay? If I take out Philadelphia, 29 cities. If I had to rank those 29 cities, okay. Denver would be in the top 10. 
Okay. So my top third of NFL def- uh, my top third of NFL destinations. Now let me ask you this: yeah. As you think of in your mind your favorite cities, mm-hmm. are there any cities on that list that are not connected to the NFL? My favorite cities, any that are not connected to the NFL? Uh, sh- sure. I mean, there are college towns that I <laughs> love to go to, right? Uh, you got me. Yeah, you got me. So, Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, All right. You got me. I, I had a nice time in Austin. I, I like Austin. Okay. Uh, that, that's a good city. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of, I, I, I tend to like most places I go. You find what you're looking for. You find what you're looking for. Exactly. Okay. Um, let's talk about Brandon Graham in that case. Another man mm-hmm. who... Uh, I think happy-go-lucky. Good juju. And, uh, always, always bringing a positive attitude. Finds what he's looking for. Played on a one-year $5 million deal last year after a resurgent 2022 season. Uh, his play and his like snap count both took a step back in 2023, but he has said that he would like to play one more year. You would expect, if that's the case, that he has sort of uh, torpedoed his own negotiating position. And we'll have to maybe settle for something like, would he be willing to pay for $2 million next year or something like that? But if he wants to be back, also hard to imagine the Eagles saying no to him. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, Because it would really be, look, I understand that the Eagles try to separate the the business from the personal. And Joe Banner did that better than Howie Roseman does. Sometimes, yeah, I think Howie but, has has said that he doesn't do that. Yeah, he admits that, that yeah, he wants he, the long term. He gets guys. a little too sentimental, and <laughs> he's going to put his foot down with certain players like Malcolm Jenkins and Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much with like Jason Peters and some other guys. But I would say in Brandon Graham's case, Brandon knows what his role is at this point in his career. I think he's coming back for the reason that he said. A, he loves being part of a team. He loves being part of the Eagles. But also, it's like a farewell tour. He's always wanted 15 years. Right. That's that's a, a number that he's had in his mind. And maybe this is one of these things that he's not there during camp and that it's a, a week two ad. And and maybe it's it's the type of thing where even it's it's middle of the season, almost and Dominican Sewish. But I do think Brandon Graham will be playing for the Eagles next year. It would really be putting your foot down at a position where they can use like pass rushing depth to say, Brandon. No, no. Right. Yeah, there's no. And I don't think, look, I can't speak for Brandon or Brandon's representation. I don't think Brandon's going to be pushing them based on money here. I, I think this is going to be, they can probably at this stage of his career for that role, find a good compromise. I would imagine so as well. Um, so, so long as he wants to play, I think they'll have a, a spot for him somewhere. Where do we have Brandon Graham on our lists? Okay. Three for me, five for you. Yeah, in hindsight, I, sh- I should have switched Brandon Graham and James Bradbury. I had Bradbury at four. Uh, I think Graham has a better chance of playing this year for the Eagles than Bradbury. Okay. We move on to uh, the biggest ballyhooed signing of the Eagles season. The man for whom they rolled out the red carpet, the whole league, was following this situation. Where would Shaq Leonard sign and save the defense? Turned out to be in Philadelphia. And uh, the saving did not exactly happen so much. He will be 29 in July. He's an unrestricted free agent. Any chance that Shaq Leonard returns to Philadelphia? It would really surprise me. Uh, I mentioned how Fletcher Cox's locker was cleaned out. Shaq Leonard's locker was completely bare. (laughs) Burned down. Yeah, completely bare. Uh, Look, nice guy. Great player during during an earlier stage of his career. But 
was not a great player for the Eagles this year. It was not even a particularly good player for the Eagles this year. Uh, the Eagles need to upgrade at linebacker, and it would surprise me if they bring Shaq Leonard. But it would really surprise me if they bring Shaq Leonard back into the mix. It's sad sometimes with, with football when, uh, you know, what was the age you mentioned, 29? Like 29 is not old, yeah, right? And it's not hyperbole to say Shaq Leonard was a great player, one of the best linebackers in the league. Uh, it's like Yogi Bear's line. It gets laid early out here. Mm. You know, you, get, you, you can get old when you're pretty young in the NFL. Well said. Let's find out where we both have Shaq Leonard. I would imagine pretty low. 25 for you, 26 for me. So same, uh, same ballpark for Shaq Leonard. I think it's probably uh, not going to happen in Philadelphia. We move on now to Rick Lovato, who is the Eagles' long snapper. Rick Lovato will be 32 in September. Took the torch from John Dornboss, has gone to the Pro Bowl since. The Eagles have done some uh, roster machinations with him, and they release him and re-sign him. He will be 32, as I said, unrestricted free agent. Where do you have uh, Lick Rovato? Yeah, reliable, uh, long snapper. Um, someone who's been a big part of the operation here since that 2000, since the end of the 2016 season into the 2017 season. Uh, Family's got a bakery in New Jersey or deli in New Jersey. No longer. They sold it. They sold the deli. They, they wow. sold it. I would recommend um, if you're watching, you can find it was a story that Caden Steele from NJ.com wrote during the year on uh, Rick Lovato and his wife and some things they were dealing with behind the scenes it was it's a nice story and it shows too that uh you know shows how much kind of these guys that these guys are human dealing with things just like all of us are mm. and you sometimes don't know it when he's just there snapping a football so i uh, recommend you checking that out good job of Caden on that um and uh look the eagles could in theory go cheaper they could go with like uh you know the the league minimum for rick lovato's different than the league minimum for if they drafted a, a long snapper, but the delta <laughs> to is, what end? Yeah, yeah. the, the delta is relatively insignificant. So unless they see a drop off in production, I am not going to pretend that I am a long snapping expert. Um, I don't have the stopwatch out for his long snapping. I know the snaps looked to the naked eye, and even when I watched the games back to be on point this year to the clothed eye. <laughs> he, he's a uh, big part of that operation, so I have him as two on this list. I mean, you've oh, ruined the sorry, reveal. Sorry, I've ruined the reveal. I'm sorry, Julia. That's exciting She's for me because me. I'm pretty sure I've, I've got him at number yes. one. Number <laughs> one for me, number two for you, Yes, Rick Lovato, the Eagles long snapper. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, yeah, so you, you have more confidence that Lovato's black than A.J. Brown. I'm curious. Yes. And why is that? Because there's a scenario in which A.J. Brown goes nuts and says, he, like, I, I will not play for this team. Maybe that's a 1% chance, mm -hmm. and I just I, I think that Rick Lovato is going to be back. Maybe okay. I'm wrong. Yeah. All right. Uh, now I think uh, that we've got five left, and Avante Maddox, I think, one of the more interesting players on this list. Very much so. Uh, now this is a trade cut candidate, so we're talking uh, will he be on the week one roster. Uh, just like Kevin Byard's contract is like there's no chance he's coming back on that number, Avante Maddox is, is the same. He is due... Uh, $9.7 million against the cap next season, despite having played just 13 games the last two seasons. He's going to be 28, which is maybe a little bit older than it feels like he is, even though he's been around for a while. Uh, now, a restructure, if he's willing to take a, a pay cut, would save about half of that money uh, against the Eagles cap, depending on the price of a new deal. It, it, you know, does Vic Fangio want Avante Maddox as his nickel? Um, does he bring enough 
to the table as a, as a blitzer there? Do the Eagles believe that he can stay healthy? What, we can have the conversation about should they move him to safety again? Um, I don't know how I feel about like relying on Avante Maddox moving forward, but he, if he is willing to come back for like a very pared down salary, certainly he's a guy who they, who they love in that building. Exactly. You put it well there. I, I have here Eagles value him, must stay healthy, the $9.6 million cap hit. But then the key question here, is someone going to pay him more than you're going to pay him? Because whenever you look at a restructure or a renegotiation, it's it's obviously players know that they need to take a pay cut in, in these cases. It's how does it compare to what you can get elsewhere? And it's hard to think that given his injury history that he's, he's going to get significantly more elsewhere because, like you said, he's been a Howie Roseman favorite. The Eagles have valued him. Uh, I don't think they can totally rely on him. I, I do think that they need to bring in more options in the slot. Interestingly, we said last year going into the year, one of our biggest questions with the team was backup slot. That came to fruition very quickly, right? They, they lost Zach McPherson early on, and then they didn't really have – they moved Zach McPherson over to be the backup. So I think that – if he is back, he can't be the only guy you're turning to. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that like this would be a situation where, in theory, it might be nice to let Avante canvas the free agent landscape, see yeah. what the best offer he can get is, and then you know say, we'll give you five more dollars than that. Um, but I, I do not think that they can, they can count on Avante yeah. Maddox moving forward. Uh, Steve, is it Steve Whiteacre um, or Steve uh, Whitaker? Uh, in the chat says, I can see them bring him back, but Rogers start at nickel. Rogers, um, for those who, who don't know, is coming Aaron back. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Not Aaron Rodgers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Rodgers is coming back from um, the gambling suspension. Uh, he's been on the Eagles list. He's been on the commissioner's suspended Isaiah list. Isaiah Rodgers. Yes, Isaiah Rodgers. Sorry, I should have said that. Isaiah Rodgers. He's been on the commissioner's suspended list. He needs to apply for reinstatement, okay? So he's ta- it, it's not as if you can just definitely say he's, he's back. We're assuming he gets reinstated, right? It was a one-year suspension. He's eligible to apply for reinstatement actually after, after the Super Bowl. So any time now, I would imagine. Uh, but he needs to be reinstated, and then he's been out of football for a year, so you actually need to see him. But he, is, he was a good player with the Colts, and he was supposed to be the Colts' starting slot corner this year. So I do imagine he will be in the mix. And there's a reason why the Eagles signed him. There you go. All right, let's find out where we have Avante Maddox. This could be uh, this could be a swinger. Seven for me, ten for you. Mm. Interesting. You think a better chance? So you think there's a chance that he's cut and bring, bring brought back? Or just a restructure? I think I think the most likely thing is just a significant yes. pay cut and a restructure yep. that saves some cap cap room. All right, moving on to the punter, Braden Manfred Mann. Is it Manfred? There. No, Manfred Mann is a band. Oh, I, I did not know that. That's okay. What kind of, what genre of music? Uh, hardcore rap. Is that right? No, okay. that's oh, not right. Okay. Okay. What? It's like classic rock. Classic rock. Is that a band you knew, Julia? Okay. And Julia knows music, I believe too. Manfred Mann is a Blinded by the Light. I know that song. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a popular wedding song. Is it? I think so. Wait, isn't Blinded by the Light? Sorry, isn't that Springsteen? I don't oh. believe so. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking of a different song. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> go on. You're thinking of Glory Days? No. <laughs> What's that? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Blinded by the Light is... 
It's a, it's a 2019 comedy drama film directed. It's <laughs> inspired by. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am right. <laughs> okay, but it's also Manfred Mann is the band that sings "Blinded by the Light." <laughs> Maybe he covers it. Or Manfred Mann covers his song. Okay. Yeah, Blinded by the Light was written and recorded by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, okay. So here, a cover by Manfred Mann reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100. So there you go. We were both right. Okay. (laughs) This is the first pop culture reference I've ever gotten correct on this show. Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) Joy is clapping. I appreciate that, Joy. And, And, I mean, extremely on the nose that the only one you've gotten is the stereotypical sports writer person, Bruce Springsteen. That's actually, I mean, that has nothing to do with sports writing. Actually, I, um, my favorite music, if you will, is, uh, is Bob Dylan and Bob Marley. Um, I, I do like Bruce Springsteen music, though. Okay, but you, but you recognize that that is the, that is the trope. Yeah, I just remember yeah. that movie, and I, and I know that song from like, uh, weddings and, and whatnot. Okay. Uh, I mean, the chat is just blowing up with, <laughs> with this incredible back and forth. Uh, Braden Mann yep. came in and replaced Aaron Sipos uh, and held down the job uh, admirably, I would yeah. say. Set the single-season franchise record in gross punting at 49.8 and net punting at 45.4 yards. Uh, only 26 years old, you know, former draft pick. I think that the Eagles found someone. I think this was a good job signing him. And uh, it makes sense for the Eagles to keep him. So I'm not big on I agree. giving punters all a, a lot of money, but I would find a way to keep Braden Mann in the building. Okay, let's find out where we both have Braden Mann. We both expect him to be back and be the Eagles punter next season. Three for Zach, mm-hmm. five for me. So you think that they could shift that based on on money? What, what's... I just, uh, okay. I mean, five is I think okay. he's going to be back. I just, yeah. okay. there are a couple people I think are even more likely to be sure. back. Uh, all right, three left. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, who um, is a very nice guy by all accounts, nice to talk to, but I would say uh, the amount that he was on the field in 2023 was probably the biggest indictment of the roster building on the Eagles' defensive side of the ball. He was signed for close to the minimum, didn't make the week one roster, then all of a sudden was an every-down guy. Uh, I think it would be pretty depressing for Eagles fans if he's back on the team next year. Yeah, that it surprises me. There, was not a market for, there wasn't much of a market for him last year, as you can tell by the uh, little guaranteed money that they gave him. And I don't know why the Eagles would go back to that well. A nice guy who's a capable journeyman, but that journey must continue elsewhere. Okay, let's find out where we have Nicholas Morrow. 26 for you, 24 for me. Okay. So there we go. So you're saying there's uh, a chance. Both not expecting him to be back. All right, Hassan Reddick, who we uh, have talked about all week since the report came out on Sunday that he was granted permission to seek a trade. Now, we put our uh, rankings in here on Tuesday or Monday night. Yes. Before the Hassan Reddick, I don't want to leave necessarily, thing came out. Yeah. So maybe since then we would have had him a couple ticks higher, but... You have said that you still expect him to be moved. Yeah, I actually didn't think what he said yesterday was any different than my understanding of it or our our understanding of it. We never said he was asking for a trade. Mm. Uh, And we, I I think the semantics that you put out yesterday would have been necessary 
for some other media members to convey or some other outlets to convey too because um, there's the there's a difference between getting permission to seek a trade which is essentially you want a new deal which he has said publicly and uh, and I want out of this situation right so permission to seek a trade is basically how he's saying all right see what you can get elsewhere that will determine what your market is and then we'll talk right um, asking out saying I don't care what you pay me I'm not playing for you and those are like 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 Carson Wentz asked out okay yeah. uh, the Eagles uh, you know in in the case of Hassan Reddick it's permission to seek a trade so I I do think the Eagles would bring him back it just has to be at a number that they're willing to go and I think Hassan Reddick could get a contract around 25 million look I know Montez Sweat is younger uh, Montez Sweat got a deal for 24 and a half million uh, these contracts are going to keep going up, and maybe even if he doesn't get twenty four, yeah, I'd be million, surprised if he got exact like all the way up to that. But okay. he should be making around twenty. Yeah, I mean Trey Hendrickson signed an extension at twenty one million a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would really surprise me if he's not in that let's say twenty two to twenty six range. So that might be too much for the Eagles, considering, look, they have A.J. Brown at $25 million a year. Lane Johnson's the highest-paid right tackle in the league. Jalen Hurts has a huge deal. So there's only so many guys that you're going to spend that type of money for, and uh, this might be a chance for the Eagles to say, all right, let's get resources for him, and then we can move to a plan B at the, at, at the position. But now we do not have Josh Sweat on this list. Maybe we should have because yeah. it does feel like they need to maybe make a choice. Sure. Between those two guys, and we've we have talked about this. Uh, like, my inclination is always going to be to take the younger guy, but I actually think there's a better chance that Hassan Redick is going to be as good as he has been the last two years for the next two years than there is that Josh Sweat is. I don't like. I love Josh Sweat. Not maybe not as much as you do, <laughs> but I don't see him as a 1A edge guy who you're going to pay like a 1A guy, whereas I, I do think that Hassan Redick is of that caliber. I even, agree. Even at I 30. agree with, with what you said. I also think an important part of this distinction, too, is I think Josh Sweat like, would play on his deal this year. I, I think you, you, you want to extend him, yeah. but I don't think Josh Sweat has as much of a leg to stand on in terms of getting a new deal this year, whereas Hassan Redick... He's not going to play on, on, his, on his current deal. He's not going to play at $15 million a year, okay? And he was professional this year, right? He, he played. He said the right things publicly. But I think the Eagles know that this is not going to be a positive situation if you try to get him to play on this current deal. That's the difference. I think Josh Sweat at, what, $16.5 million, I think, is, is, is Sweat's deal. I think you can get Sweat playing the final year of his deal on, on that number. Well, and there is also the complication of if you decide to, okay, we're going to pay Hassan Reddick's number. He, he's come down a little bit. Yeah. He went to see what he could yep. get. We're going to pay him. Well, now all of a sudden, what does Josh Sweat think sure. about Hassan Reddick getting paid? And he's not. What are those dynamics like? That's a great point, and that's that's a part of that's the human dynamic of Howie's job that he always has to account for, and it's it's kind of the weird thing of the NFL that's different than you know most of our places of, of work is that like in the NFL everyone knows what everyone gets paid, right? In other mm. places you don't know what person X, person Y, and person Z are getting paid. Don't speak for yourself. <laughs> I don't know what person X, person Y, and person Z are getting paid, right? Uh, in the NFL everyone does. There's more salary transparency yes. in the NFL. Which you know, that's uh, that's probably a good thing. Although everybody. not with coaches, 
Not with coaches. Yeah, not with coaches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, let's find out where we both have Hassan Reddick in our list of 1 to 29. I have met 9, you have met 13, so that could be a swing for me if Hassan Reddick stays in Philadelphia. Uh, a super chat uh, from the two-minute warning. What really happened with TJ Edwards? I'll chime in here, then, then I'm curious. Your we got to say here. hi to TJ Edwards yeah. at uh, Media Row. It's nice to see him. Since I saw him last, he's, he, he got married. and uh, mm. Good-looking guy, TJ Edwards. If you say so. This is another part of the, the masculinity thing, you, your, your, your inability to no, recognize you know what, or, or mention you know that I, another man is no, attractive. I, I didn't want to bring this up on air. Okay. Can I bring this up on, on air? It's too late now. Okay. All right. No, I, and, and please don't take this the wrong way, but like, like, like would you ever comment that uh, that's a real good-looking woman, right? Well, yeah, but that's part of that's part of, of changing it. You're changing the power structure. No, but but like, why are you? Because you don't want to say that because you don't want to to uh, to what's what's the word I'm I'm looking for? Um, de- Deem, demean? Yeah, de- whether it's 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 demean or or subject. You know. Okay, uh, sure. You don't want to objectify women. Sure. Right. Which I agree with. Right. But you're totally comfortable with objectifying. Like uh, men? Yeah, it's about time. It's about time we bring men down a peg. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just saying when you, like, like you would never say uh, so-and-so hired this executive. Oh, she's, you know, she's a real attractive woman. But you would say he's a real attractive man, right? Why wouldn't the standards be equal for the two? I, like I said, I'm trying to bring, bring men down a peg. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just thinking that the other day. It's like, uh, like the... the the, the, the context is similar, right? I can understand that point. Yeah. So I would rather just, just not comment on anyone's looks right? okay. uh, on the stage here, right? But in any event, TJ Edwards is a nice I, guy. I mean, I'm sorry, TJ. Zach <laughs> thinks you're no, I, nothing, nothing to look at. I think you're a nice person <laughs> who I enjoy talking to, uh, and I enjoy getting to know you over four years. And so TJ Edwards, uh, let's... The, the story there is the Eagles don't pay linebackers. And I think um, they were letting TJ see the market. TJ got a deal he liked literally on the first day of free agency with his hometown team. Uh, and sometimes if, like, the number's right for you and the situation's right for you, then that's all that, ha- you know, it, it doesn't have to be let's see what everyone else is offering. It's like, all right, this is good for me. I'm going to take it. And I think that's that's what it was with T.J. Edwards. He got to go to his hometown, a place where he would start, contribute, be valued there, and get paid at a, at a, at a number that he was happy with. Perhaps if it was like shopped around, you know, now maybe it, it was shopped around, but perhaps the Eagles would have kind of reconfigured things if they had known they weren't going to sign C.J. Garner-Johnson, right? But I, I do think at the start of free agency last year, when TJ signed that deal, because that deal was was like the first deal for agency, right? It was like once for agency yeah, opened. It was like the very first one reported, yeah. Yeah, so you know that was kind of in the works ahead of time. I think the Eagles went into it knowing that uh, that they were going to, that they wanted to keep CJ Garner Johnson, and TJ wasn't the priority then. Yeah, I think we've talked about this. The mistake with TJ Edwards, if there was a mistake, was not, not signing him last year, it was not extending sure. him before the 2022 season when they could have gotten a better deal on it. Sure. Yeah. All right, last one for us is Bradley Roby. Uh, and there's a couple things we'll get to at the end of the show that people want to talk about. But uh, Bradley Roby, 
Uh, you know, do the Eagles, if they expect to play fewer primetime games in 2024, not necessarily be interested in bringing back Mr. Primetime? Yeah, look what my note is here. You want to read that? Depends on how many Monday night games they play. That's <laughs> yes. good. Uh, yeah, so in Bradley Roby's case, they signed him to be the, uh, the, a patchwork solution in the, in, in the slot. I thought he was fine. He wasn't especially good, but I, you know, he was a, a veteran. You were gassing him up. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought in that Rams game, he, 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 he definitely helped toward the end. I, um, he certainly wasn't the answer there, but uh, I always enjoy talking to Bradley Roby this season. I just don't think Bradley Roby's back next year. Okay, where do we have Bradley Roby? 25 for me, 21 for you. Okay, I mean, generally the same area. Uh, all right, so we have done it. We have gone 1 to 29 in Flu World Order. Uh, Julia, did you have a chance to get the uh, the whole breakdown? Let's see if she can pull this bad boy up. I mean, just clicking away. Julia is making all kinds of plays behind the scene. And we're going to put this on allcity. Or I'm sorry, allphly.com. Uh, and this is going to be for diehards. So we're going to have maybe one-sentence commentary. I, I don't want to give Bo work here. Yeah, of um, course. But, yeah, kind of one-sentence commentary. We'll put that together, and maybe that will go up online tomorrow morning. All right. Now, people do want me to ask you uh, about, about Bob Marley. They're a little bit surprised by your love for Bob Marley, maybe connecting it with your insomnia cookies. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's nothing like that. Actually, people have put that together when I've said that, and I was like, I, 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 that's not it at all. I, his, his music makes me – it's like cheerful music. It's positive I agree. Music. I love Bob Marley. Yeah, so uh, – is it you like know. is this like a don't worry be happy that's what you, that's, exactly. that's your anthem yeah my favorite song uh was is don't worry be happy and uh and it's kind of that genre of of music kind of makes you feel good it makes you smile like if i'm gonna listen to music i want it to put me in a good place and not like a dark place okay there are also many layers to those songs, of sure. course. Sure. I, I honestly, I don't get uh, too in depth on the songs. I'm, I'm much more into like. Uh, You're a surface level kind of guy. When it comes to music, yeah, for sure. For, for music, I like lyrics. Okay, I like lyrics, and if it has like a rhythm that makes me, f that, you know, it's catchy, it makes me feel good. That's, that's kind of it. I'm, I, I don't really go deep when it comes to music. Mm. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily discerning. Yes, you, were, you were incredulous at uh, Julia a couple weeks ago at the idea that she would listen to music to be sad. <laughs> now, yeah, I, yeah I, uh, that, that, that is a concept that uh, <laughs> I find odd. But if it works for Julia, that's, that's good. That's good, yes. Yeah, I mean, so, the, the wide range of human emotions is, a, is an important thing. Yeah, I, I'm not usually looking to feel sad, though. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. I'm trying to feel happy. Okay. So, but to each their own. That's why Baskin Robbins is 31 flavors. <laughs> uh, by the way, is Baskin Robbins still, like, around? Do they go out of business? No, they're, they're connected now to, like, Dunkin' Donuts and places. Oh, okay. Yeah, you see right. DD and BR. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. We got the full list there, and it looks like the biggest differences we have. Julio Jones is a, would be a ten point swing for you. Are you able to read that? I can see the ten. Your eyes there's are two good, numbers man. There. No, oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's not Even on you, Julie. I, yeah. uh, and then uh, we got a nine point swing on James Bradbury. If you get him, that's uh, nine points in your favor. For me, the big ones I'm looking for: Marcus Mariota. Don't feel great about that. Uh, Justin Evans, don't feel great about that. Bradley Roby is one for you. I mean, there's only one, two, 
three, four that we are different by uh, at least five spots mm-hmm. on the order. So I'm going to need to rack up a bunch of uh, a bunch of little wins and hope that none of those big ones come home to roost for you. It's, it's going to be fun to monitor. All right, last thing before you leave, since you're yeah. going to be gone for a while, you texted me yesterday and said, um, I'm coming with, uh-huh. uh, with, with Julio Jones stats uh-huh. tomorrow. And, I mean, the fact that you used that word... Uh, sorry. Uh, was a little bit... Uh, yeah, I actually... I, I mean, that had to be on purpose, I felt, but... No, it wasn't. I had the numbers up in front of me um, yesterday. I didn't bring them today, but basically, I just... Like, this, this idea that Julio... Is not like a surefire Hall of Famer. I never said he wasn't. Okay, a, I, I, I said think, I think he's a Hall of Famer, but okay. I just I was just or like pushing like one of the best players on. of our generation. I, I think it was. Yeah. Um, to me, it's it's. So I, I I looked at wide receivers from 2003 okay. uh, to, or, or I'm sorry, 2024 to sorry, 2004 to 2023. So a 20 seasons span. Okay. Okay. He's sixth in receiving yards this century. Is, is that okay? Yes. So, so he was like, so he was top five on, on that list. Among the top 10, he was uh, number two in yards per catch. Okay. He's, he's a great player. He's down on touchdowns. 10 years ago. But my good, I mean, he's, he is one of the truly great players in our, in our generation. And I, I don't, I listened back to the show and I didn't explain it well. I, I don't think that Julio Jones can have a role on the team next year. I, I think you can upgrade over him. I tried explaining that. But I also think that, like, speaking about Julio Jones, there is a degree of, like, respect that goes to his career accomplishments. And you can't, it, you can divorce it in the evaluation of the player, but there is, I think you, a player like that gets the benefit of the doubt, typically. I think that's how you make mistakes. I think you have sure. to divorce those two things. He's I, not I'm, what he was. Yeah, I'm not expecting him to be back. I'm not expecting him, 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 him to be back, but sometimes you find... But you also expected him to make an impact this season. Sometimes you find value added in having a player like that on your team. All right, let's play the, let's play the DeAndre Swift game we played with, with... Or let's play the game we played with DeAndre Swift with Julio Jones. Okay, you tell me who just snap is a better wide receiver of our generation. Okay? Julio Jones or Larry Fitzgerald? Larry Fitzgerald, yeah. Julio Jones or Steve Smith? Julio Jones. Julio Jones or Reggie Wayne? Julio Jones. Julio Jones or Andre Johnson? Julio Jones. Julio Jones or Anquan Bolden? Julio Jones. Julio Jones or Terrell Owens? Terrell Owens in terms of, yeah, T.O., but that's, that's, that's close for me. Julio Jones or Randy Moss? Randy Moss. Julio Jones or Calvin Johnson? Calvin, yeah. Julio Jones or Devontae Adams? Julio Jones. Julio Jones or Tyreek Hill? Julio Jones. Julio Jones or Nelson Aguilar? Julio Jones. <laughs> so you've got him as like the fifth best receiver of the generation. So now, I, I don't like put T.O. and Randy Moss are like... Yeah, you know, I, I look at bit. those as like the 90s, T.O. And, and, and Moss. I'm, I'm, well, Moss played... Or I'm, or I'm sorry, 90s too. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry, 90s too, like the mid-2000s. Okay. I look at Julio Jones as more the 2010s, so that decade. Okay. Uh, and him, I would put only Fitzgerald ahead of him during that time period. You don't think Calvin's of that time period? Or okay, yeah. So I'd, I'd put him third. Okay. I, I'd, I'd put him third behind uh, behind Calvin and Larry Fitzgerald. I don't feel super strongly about this. I would have Andre Johnson and Devontae Adams over him. I think. Okay, so Andre Johnson's in the Hall of Fame. 
And I mentioned Yeah, I mean, there. I think Julio Jones is a Hall of Fame player. Okay. I don't, I'm not disagreeing about that. So in pro football reference here. I think here, you can make a case for Steve Smith, too. In pro football reference here, if you sort by, well, fantasy points, I, I, don't, I don't know what yeah, fantasy. You know what? Number. Pro That's football reference. I love pro football reference. Yeah. They've gotten rid of draft finder. They've gotten rid of Trade Finder, and now like the default search is fantasy points. Uh, yeah, what are we doing, guys? Yeah, that's a tough metric for me too. This is this. We are no longer providing the same okay. public service. <laughs> so here you go. So the top five from 2004 to 2023 in yards is Larry Fitzgerald one, Julio Jones two, Andre Johnson three, Steve Smith four, Reggie Wayne five. In receptions, Julio Jones is eight. Oh, because you're doing 20 years. I yeah. See. Julio Jones is eighth, um, but uh, in yards per well, well here in the top ten in yards, the only one who has more yards per catch than Julio Jones is Mike Evans, who's tenth. Mm. Uh, where he's kind of I imagine Tyreek Hill would would creep up yeah. there once he gets there, but yeah. Where he's kind of dinged is uh, well, actually, actually Tyreek Hill has fourteen point one yards per catch in his career. Mm. Interestingly, so, anyways, uh, yeah, Julio Jones is is not the player he was. Four years ago, five years ago, but I guess to me there's still a level of deference to someone who's that good a player. Who was that good a player? Who was that good a player. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. Um, I think it's appropriate that uh, we ended with Julio on Valentine's Day. We will be back tomorrow uh, with Handsome Rich. Now, am I allowed to call him Handsome Rich? <laughs> You're allowed to call him whatever you want. You're allowed to call him whatever you want. Yes. Okay. Uh, Rich Hoffman in the seat for the next several days with me as uh, Zach parades around uh, on vacation. And uh, we'll have plenty to talk about. So we thank you for listening. We thank you for watching. We thank you to uh, all of the participants in Flu World Order. We'll give, you, uh, we'll give you that list. You can play at home. We can see how it all uh, nets out. And... That's about all we got. So on this very special February 14th episode for Julia and Zach, I'm Bo. We thank you for listening and watching. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. Silly like the mayor. 